Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast this Sunday, March 13, 2022. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, the eternal rock, the I am that I am, the one who made the heavens and the earth and gave us the breath of life, who sent his son to die for us on the cross. We come before your throne of mercy by the blood of Jesus. Welcome you the Holy Spirit to empower and to teach and to guide us. Open our hearts and our ears and preserve and protect all who are listening or going to watch in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. We concluded our series last Sunday, the Will of God series. We'll take an instrumental today from our brother Caleb Brassi. May God continue to bless him and his family. We have observed that some try to tune in, but because of the wireless connections in their countries, they have difficulties assessing us as we do the live broadcast. So if you can look at the board, we have a link that you can use to subscribe to our World Evangel page. The subscription is free, 100%. It's that way, within a day or two, when we upload the message to the WhatsApp group, you'll be able to have it offline, online, and therefore save yourself the headache of trying to watch online and you're having difficulties with the internet in your area. Praise the Lord. The link is on the board. Today's topic, only believers who persevere will inherit eternal life. Only believers who persevere will inherit eternal life. Praise the Lord. The outline, do you want to inherit eternal life? Then persevere no matter the obstacles and challenges. Then three, there will be obstacles put on your road, on your way to eternal life by demons, Satan, humans, or human beings. They were going to sing a song to the Lord. Glorious is his name. Blessed Savior, we adore thee. Do you want to inherit eternal life? That's a question. Let's read the first scripture. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Hear me well. Verse 3. For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, 
whatever belongs to your earthly nature, because before you came to the cross of Christ and embraced him, your nature had sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Verse 6, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You need to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Verse 8, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Nine, do not lie to each other. There's no such thing as a small lie. Since you have, been, you have taken off your old self with these practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Hence, oh, sorry, here there is no Jew or Gentile in Christ. Those tribalists and races, hear me. There is no Jew or Gentile, circumcised or circumcised. Barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all. Because at the cross we all equal. Therefore, as God's own chosen people, holy, you are holy, and dearly beloved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We took this from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. So this question, do you want to inherit eternal life? I'm sure any believer you ask, even unbeliever, we say, of course I want to inherit eternal life. Everybody will say so. Then the question is, why is it that so many who answered yes will not inherit eternal life? Here are some of the reasons why so many of those who have answered yes or who will answer yes to this question will miss eternal life, sadly. Many of you who will answer yes have never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Yes, unbelievers will tell you the same thing. They remain unbelievers till their deaths. Even if they belong to church organizations and denominations. Belonging to a church organization and denomination will not take you anywhere. If you don't have Christ in your life. I'm talking to you an unbeliever. Listening to me. So I would encourage you to repent. And accept Christ in your room. And invite him into your life. That's when your journey to eternal life begins. Not before. The second group I'm talking to now will be those who did accept Christ when the gospel was preached. But they had the wrong motives because they had been looking around and they thought that when they come to Christ, everything about them is over. They become rich overnight. If they are sick, they will be healed immediately, instantaneously. So they didn't come to Christ with the right motive. They didn't come in repentance. They didn't, they're not sorrowful for the sins they have committed and say, Lord, I want to start anew. In their mind, is a transactional relationship. God, okay, I've come now. Christ, I've accepted you. So everything now, world, healing, thou mine. Those ones, you, you really didn't repent. 
Because you thought that by accepting Christ, the Lord will open the door for you to become rich. You recited the sinner's prayers, yes. But then you went back to your old life. So you didn't really repent. You are not saved. Then let me talk to the next group. This group are those who have believed. They have repented. They have truly repented. They are children of God. But they will lose out on that day. Why? Because they didn't make God their first love. God, you must love God more than you love yourself. I must love God more than myself if I want to inherit eternal life. If you love God more than yourself, then you are going to build a relationship with the Lord because you know that the life you have now belongs to Him. So you are going to build a relationship, but they didn't. They failed to do that. Because they didn't study the scriptures on their own and pray in their closets on their own to build a relationship with their Lord and Savior. They prefer to listen to human beings. They prefer to listen to their pastors and Jews. Especially those ones who taught them to that worldly wealth is all there is. God has blessed them. Once you are a Christian, you can no longer be poor. Poverty is a sickness, is a disease. So now, El Dorado, just pay your tithe and give offerings. Later, people are going to find out why I could be emphasizing on this wickedness. Because that's how came to me this week. In effect, these ones, even though they repented, they took the words of those pastors over that of God. So those pastors and Jews became their what? First love. So they miss out on eternal, in eternal life. Now the few believers who inherit eternal life, watch me, are those who set their minds, their hearts on things above. Not on earthly things. They are not swayed by riches. They are not swayed by all the right matters going around them. They may be rich, but they don't consider their riches anything. They consider it nothing. They may be poor. They don't think their poverty means anything so long as they're serving God, they're fulfilled. So they decide to build a relationship with God. And they maintain their relationship with God. When they go to any church building and they hear something, they go and cross-check. When it doesn't correspond with the word of God, they say, no, I don't believe that pastor Jew, I believe you, God. And the more they do that, God continues to reveal the things to them, give them more insights. Until you do that, you're not going to hear from him. You first have to say, Lord, you are God, number one. Before God, you ever hear from God. Teaching you through his word. Praise the Lord. They devoted their time. I'm talking of those who are going to inherit eternal life. Who are believers. They're born again. In prayers. In the study of the Bible. And God continues to use the Bible to transform their minds. To change them into Christ-likeness. He transformed them from carnality to spirituality so that they don't look on things down on earth again as much. Their hearts are set above. Their thoughts are always on God and how they can do things that God wants them to do. 
they were able to separate themselves from the world around them. They were oblivious of things happening around them. Except that when God guides them, they move. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying that only a few will inherit eternal life. In case you thought I slept and woke up this morning to tell you that. No. The Lord God himself told us that. In the parable of the wedding feast, he invited so many. That invitation, all who have confessed Christ as Lord and Savior, are all invited, they have been invited, they have accepted, but they are not going to honor the invitation. So in that marriage feast, many were invited, and only very few honor that invitation. That wedding is the parable that will replicate what Christ, when he's coming for his church. The marriage of the bride, Christ, I mean the, the church, and the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read the scripture. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables. And said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding and they were not willing to come. Taken from Matthew chapter 22 verses 1 to 3. If you continue reading, you'll get exactly the answers they gave. But let us go to the next verse uh, in Matthew 22, chapter 22 verse 14. For many are called, many are born again, but few are chosen. Who are the chosen ones? Those that build a relationship with God. This is as simple as that. Few are chosen. Let's go to the next item. Persevere, no matter the obstacles and challenges you face in your life, if you're a child of God. If you are not believer, I ask you to persevere. Save Christ as Lord and Savior first. Scripture, I'm going to take a read. God will repay each person according to what they have done. Seven. To those who by persistence in doing good, see glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. Remember what I always said, once said, always said, is from the pits of hell. The eternal life is not yes, yours. Yes, it's provisional. But that final giving, only God will do it. If you and I persist in doing good, seek the glory of God, seek the honor of God, and say we want to remain with him in order to inherit eternal life. Look at those who will not make it. These are believers, so not unbelievers. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, they will be wrought. They will be wrought and anger. Nine. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. Everyone, every believer who does good. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show what? Favoritism. You know, some people say, no, 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 God doesn't show favoritism. 
I just read from Romans chapter 2, verses 6 to 11. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to make a little definition. And it's on the board. I've taken it from an online uh, called BetterTalk.com. Persistence and perseverance are interchangeably used because they both imply strength and tenacity. But you are going to see there are some nuances. So what does persistence say it's on the board? Firm or obstinate continuance. Look at that. Obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. You don't care. Perseverance. Steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay. That means even if it's not happening now, tomorrow, one month, one year, one, doesn't matter. So I'm going to bring it into our context. A believer must persist. You must move headlong in the face of challenges and obstacles. You must never allow them to define you. You must not allow anything to stop that which you are doing and believing. You are working for the Lord. People may laugh. Remember Noah as building his ark. That's Noah. When he was building his ark, they were laughing. What happened? The flood did come. Or believing. You believe that Christ is Lord and that you will not accept any other God promoted by some of these apostate churches. You have to be firm. That's persistence. And you have to persevere. You'll never be deterred by anything as you undertake that journey to eternal life. Nothing should deter you. Nothing should stop you. Even if you are, they will kill you. You don't reckon with time. Oh, I've been serving the Lord for 10 years. Look at my condition. You don't get tired doing those things that please the Lord. Most times the things that we do that please the Lord displease our flesh. Some of you say, but that young man or woman, I mean, we, we were in school together, I was smarter. But now look at where he is. <sighs> Forget it. Then, denounce God and follow him. When you persevere, you are put, there will be hurtful and sad situations. Imagine somebody who had no right to be your boss, but because of a tribe or race he comes from, he's put over and above you. How would you feel? Be humble, if you turn on God. Look at Romans chapter 2, verse 7. It says, The chosen, that is there. I added the word, the chosen there. They don't live, sorry, the chosen are those who persistently do good. They did everything to glorify God and honor God while on earth. That's Romans chapter 2, verse 7, sorry. We took it from the, the scripture we just read. But the next scripture on the board says, They did not love their life so much as to shame from death. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11b. Do you love your life such that if you are afraid that they may hurt you if you preach that gospel? The chosen do not love their lives. They are not afraid to preach the gospel. They are not afraid of the consequences. Even if death is staring them in the face, 
They'll be steadfast. They'll persevere. They'll persist in that which God has called them. The chosen have absolute faith in God. <laughs> Not this wicked faith they teach in your churches. Name and claim something from the pits of hell. Faith means trusting God to fulfill, meaning to grant you eternal life. That if you persist and persevere, he will give you eternal life. They know that with your faith, it is impossible to please God. That's with your trusting God that God will bring to pass all he has promised. And those things he promised are not earthly things, by the way. They know that anyone who comes to God must believe that God exists. And that he was those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Which the wicked men and women of the belly have mutilated for their own good. But absolute faith in God is trusting God to bring to pass everything he has promised. To carry you through the still waters. When you pass through the valleys of the shadow of death. He says, I'm there with you. If you are suffering, he says, I'm there with you. If you are rejoicing, he says, I'm there with you. Just hang in there and continue to promote and preach the gospel that my son died. That is the message. If you are not doing that, you are not going to inherit eternal life. The few that inherited eternal life, they chose God over the world's trappings. They turned their backs to the world. No matter the obstacles, demons and human beings put on their paths. They refuse to be brought down by the debasing influence of riches. We are going to talk about that for, for that down the line. Next item. Obstacles. Human and demons. I'm going to read the scripture. From Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 to 12. Most of you know this scripture, if you're a believer. Put on all of God's armor. So that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. That means the devil has so many strategies to put down a believer. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. That's why I told you our enemies are not human. But they can be used. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Look at the people. Satan himself, devil. Authorities in the same world against mighty powers. Those powers that control your politicians and your fallen apostate elders and leaders. And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Those are our enemies. Those are the ones that want to pull you and I down if you're, if you're children of God. So notice that our enemies are not human beings. Even though they may want to poison you or kill you, they are not. They are being influenced and guided by unseen forces. Once you realize that, you know how to pray. And I assure you how. The blood of Jesus Christ is enough to overcome. Satan, let me quote again. And all the demons in the whole universe, evil spirits, are not interested in unbelievers. Unbelievers are in their camp. Whether they know it or not, whether they like it, it does not matter. So why are you going to worry with someone who is with you? So they concentrate their efforts on believers. The moment you repent, that's when the trouble comes. They will do everything to put you down into darkness. They want you back. The first thing to do, if you're a child of God, listen to me. And I'm sure if you are mature in the Lord, you, you will have faced some of this. Is to get you to sin. 
They want you to return to your old life. Don't forget that Satan and demons know a lot about you. They have your own computers, spiritual computers. They know everything about you from your generations. So they know the things they can use to get you to go back into those areas where you are weak. They will use, often use human beings as Trojan horses. They will use them to come and tempt you. Or to get you to sin. Or to be angry. Or to do something you wouldn't have done. Instead, they, they annoyed you. Let me make the next point. If you're a child of God, you're a saint of God. So I'm going to use that word. If a saint succumbs to sin, if any reason you fall and you fail to repent fast enough, hear me. Demons will see the opening and they can harm you and sometimes have caused the death of many saints, the fallen saints. That is why it's very dangerous once you repent. You start dabbling in sin. Your life is Right now, there's a problem because you don't have a blood covering. So if you are living in sin, those of you who cohabit with your boyfriends and girlfriends say you're going to get married, hear me. If something happens to you, you've got a problem. But when they said to sense they're forced to get him or her to sin, the demons will change tactics. Now tactics three comes in. They begin to create obstacles to destroy the scent. See, they want to do those things that will make you now to forget to read the Bible. Those things that will make you now. You know, problems may come somewhere. You are maybe struggling with somebody in the office or struggling in your business. It will now intensify. So you have no more time to pray. Very dangerous. They created that situation, but you didn't know. So you must allow yourself time to go to the Lord in prayers. And the Lord will guide you. And knowing that at the end of the day, victory is yours because Christ has already gotten the victory for you. So the saint at that moment facing obstacles created by demons but using human beings, if you're able to recognize it, you will overcome. But if you succumb, you have a problem. If a saint withstands sin, number one, overcomes obstacles through faith in God, they have seen obstacles created. They move to the final tactics. That's the last one. They will create opportunities for the saint to hunger for the things of the world. That's why Brother John told us, love not the world or things in the world. This last tactics, oh boy, is by far the one that has ensnared so many saints. So many. Why the first two tactics? are easily discernible by a spiritual person. This last tactic is so hidden and often very difficult to spot. Why do you think men, most people who claim to be born again, most people I said, I didn't say many, I said most, worship at the altar of mammon in the 21st century. Why do you think worldly prosperity teaching has gained so much traction in this generation, even among brothers and sisters who were on fire for the Lord in the 1970s and 1980s? They are now the promoters of worldly prosperity. They are the ones promoting earthly things. Let me now say something. When we started this ministry, and this world, even though then I was in compromised church, um, I, there was always that disquiet about what is meant by the falling away. 
and what the great delusion will be, which will precede the coming of the Antichrist. As I was preparing this message, that great delusion came. I understood now what it is. Please hear me. It's for you, a benefit of mine. I'm going to read the scripture from Thessalonians. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Who is that? God, the Holy Spirit. Eight. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. With all power, signs, and lying wonders. Verse 10. And with all unrighteous deception, unrighteous deception among those who perish. It's talking about believers. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Hence I said, not once saved, always saved. No. Saved is first saved from the dungeons of Satan. But the final salvation that gives you eternal life is the final salvation point. Verse 11. And for this reason, God, it's God, we send them a strong delusion. It's not, it's not the devil. God, watch my mouth and my lips that they should believe the lie. I'm sure you know where I'm going. That lie is a worldly prosperity movement. It is worldly prosperity. It can't finally, and I know why all these years, whenever I preach, it comes back to warn them against mammonic doctrines. Warn them, warn them, warn them. And I understood as I prepared this lesson. So I'm now telling you the big lie that God has allowed so many believers to have believed is the prosperity doctrine. He allowed it because their hearts were already set on the things of the earth. Their hearts were already like those Egyptians, I mean those Israelites who left Egypt, but their hearts were still, they desired the meat of Egypt. So God has allowed this strong delusion to come. Yeah, that's why it is, that doctrine is so pervasive today. I would posit that almost 90% of Pentecostals are in this business. That they may all be condemned who do not believe the truth, but have pleasure in righteousness. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. That was sanctification. Separation from the world and from everything that demands. And belief in the truth, which is that Christ is Lord. And in Him alone you must trust and believe. To which He called you by our gospel. Paul is now saying by our gospel. The gospel of the apostles. For the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions. Watch me. Which you were taught, whether by word or epistle. Don't listen to these wicked men and women. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 to 15. So they, God sent them a strong delusion. Because they chose mammon. They chose money. They chose riches. They allowed the debasing influence of, of riches to take, the, to take them away from God. They allowed themselves to be brought under the bright lights of riches. 
They yearn for it. <laughs> Not my man was. There are some very rich people who couldn't care about riches. And there are some very poor people who are so enamored by riches. Now, what is that doctrine? In verse 15. Brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by epistle. That was verse 15. That last verse echoes Jude 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly, earnestly, persistently for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Don't allow the mutilations of the so many centuries to take you away from Christ. Don't allow the worldly prosperity doctrines to take you away from Christ. Don't allow the debasing influences of riches to take you away from Christ. Don't yearn for it. Don't yearn for money. Don't yearn for it. Continue serving the Lord. Always asking for your needs. He will provide if you are really his child. I don't know what else to say. You have been warned. I've been warned. The lie that has taken out, taken Christianity, both apostate and those that shouldn't have been like Pentecostals, is the prosperity, the unbridled desire for wealth in the world, the unbridled desire for money, the unbridled desire for the things of the world. That's what has taken so many away from God. And therefore God allowed them not to believe that stupidity and that wickedness. Don't blame God. That's why he has raised ministers like this to warn, to warn everybody. Stop. Take a pause. Go back to the first principles. Study the scriptures. Trust God that will bring to pass everything that he has proposed for you. Trust him. Don't trust yourself. So we're going to glorify God today. Glorious to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed Savior, we adore you. We thy love and grace proclaim. That's all we are called to do. Thou art mighty, thou art holy. Glorious is thy matchless name. Glorious, glorious. Glorious, glorious. Glorious is thy name, O Lord. Glorious, glorious. Glorious, glorious. Glorious is thy name, O Lord. Great Redeemer, Lord and Master, light of all eternal days, let the saints from every nation all who are hearing my voice, may they all be among the band. Sing thy just and endless praise. Sing thy just and endless praise. Glorious, glorious. Glorious, glorious. 
Glorious is thy name, O Lord. Thank you for your revelation knowledge. Glorious, glorious, glorious. Glorious is thy name, O Lord. Let my people who hear this voice, Lord, let them not forget. Let them not forget today's message. From the throne of heaven's glory to the cross of shame, Christ came. That did is come to die a ransom. Guilty sinners to reclaim. And you reclaimed us and made us the saints of God. You made us priests and kings before the throne of God. You took us to heavenly places, Lord. Let your name be glorified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, thank you for your knowledge, the insight you allow human beings to receive. Lord, may whoever hears this message today not be the same again. May Father, Lord, you open your eyes and your hearts to absorb, to become contenders for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. No longer to sit idle and watch wickedness pervade the universe. To know that only few will make it and that they want to be among that few. But that if this you can only but re-energize themselves, maybe many more can come into glory, Lord. Lord, Father God, confirm your words with signs and wonders in the life of whoever we hear this and believe. Father, Lord, open their eyes and their ears. May they hear your voice or see your form. May they hear it as they wake up in the morning singing songs of praise. Or reciting those verses of scripture because they have spent the time to be in your presence. Father, magnify your name. Magnify your name, O oh Lord, my God. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessing. I thank you, Lord, for the insights. I thank you, Lord, for your revelation knowledge. And I give you all the praise and all the glory. But Father, I pray to put down all the altars of Mammon, God, that many may be freed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessings, glory, Lord, they all belong to you, O oh God. Honor, every glory and honor belong to you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. You had a word? The ball is in your court and my court. By His grace, we meet next week. Continue to pray for us. We want you to pray for us as we pray for you.